Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. You're on live with Six Points at 6 a.m. Today's topic we're going to be discussing is, have you been deceived by Satan? I'm going to get into that this morning. Let's pray. Let's get into this thing. Open your Bible. Open your notepad. Take some notes with me. But today's discussion is being deceived by Satan, something that's happened to you. Let's talk about this. Turn with me into the book of Revelation, the third chapter. Deception is one of the biggest keys to knowing that we're in the end times presently right now. Knowing that you've been deceived, being aware that you've been deceived is one of the hardest things to do, especially in these end times. Understanding that you have missed the mark, understanding that, uh, that, the things that are going on in your life could be incorrect. Um, having knowledge of things that you are in the wrong is one of the toughest things that you can do during these end times. This is one of the things that Jesus warned. This is one of the things that Paul warned. This is one of the things that Jesus revealed to John as he wrote the book of Revelation, that there would be high levels of deception in these end times. And one of these things is in the season that we're currently in, depending on when you're watching this, but we're in the month of October right now. Many families have been deceived to celebrate a holiday that without even getting into the origins of it, highlight and promote demonic, wicked, scary events for people. It's what what the holiday is themed around. I think you know which holiday I'm talking about. And no, it's not Thanksgiving. But this has been a high level of deception that has happened to Christians. And it's important to understand that just understanding that you've been deceived or being aware of it can be one of the hardest things that you do in trying to walk out your Christianity in today's society. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus is speaking to John, and this is what he says about one of the churches. You can turn to their, turn there in verse chapter 3, verse 2. He says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Point number one, God is watching your works every single day. He's keeping an eye on what you do. How to know that this is today's topic is how you know, how do I know if I've been deceived by Satan? I'm going to get ahead of, in my notes a little bit, but one of the biggest keys with being deceived by Satan is you agree with what the deception is in your life because you believe it's been formulated by your own mind. It's come up out of your own system is what it feels like. So how can I be wrong? I believe what I feel and what I see. How can these things be wrong? I feel them. I see them. I believe them. So how can they be wrong? This is one of the, the key ingredients that the enemy uses to attack Christians in today's society because they don't know how to determine where this lie is coming from. And so... Number one, God is watching every work that you do every single day. Notice he says in chapter three and two here, he says, I found your works. So to find something, he has to be searching for it. He's continually searching. The Bible says that his eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth, searching for those that may serve him, that may have faith in him and have confidence in him. His eyes are constantly looking around the earth. There will be a time that the works that you presently are doing will be judged, 
will be looked at and examined under a microscope and revealed back to you. That's what judgment is. Judgment is the uh, is the is the completion of observation revealed to you. When God judges you, that means he's now conveying to you what he has observed. That's what judgment is, whether it's in the form of plagues like you saw in the Old Testament. And even still today, if you read through these books in the churches through chapter two and chapter three of Revelation, he says in this time now, he'll judge some of those churches. There will be judgment that comes against some of these churches. So you don't want to be a, be caught in that judgment now because we will have a judgment later. Your works will be judged. There will be works that you have that are judged. Num- point number two, that word found, when he says that in Revelation 3 and 2, he says, I found your works. I have found your works. In, uh, in other words, he's searching for it. That Greek word is eurisko, eurisko for found. That's what that word description of that word description means or the described word of foundation means. Or I'm sorry, found. He's finding, searching for that is eurisko. You can think back to the term eureka. You know, you may have heard that in movies or, or even said it yourself. When you find something, it's like eureka, I struck gold, I found it. Well, that word in the Greek, found, when he's searching for it, is is eurisko, which defines as this, to find by inquiry, inquiry, examine, scrutinize by observation, or to detect. So in other words, it's not something that's stumbled upon. Jesus, God himself, is looking for things that you, you are doing currently. Uh, it's like a, he couldn't be any, any less of a, a good manager for your life. There's some bad managers out there. That term manager has gotten some bad reps in, in the past over, you know, in business and corporate world is, you know, don't manage people, lead people. And then you get down to the point where you micromanage people. God couldn't be any less of a micromanager. He is the greatest, greatest example of a leader leading by example, finding out what someone's doing, giving correction for them to make correct moves on the way. But he couldn't be any further from a micromanager. He let, he'll let you stumble and fall and he'll give you the solution to be able to help you. But he's not a micromanager. But this shows us by him saying to this particular church. So it's in context. Understand that he's talking to the church of Sardis and he says to them, be watchful, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have found, I have not found your works perfect before me. God's Jesus is saying this to John. I have not found your works perfect before God. So for him to have found their works, he had to have been searching for it. And so, so with this being deceived by Satan, to understand if you've been deceived by Satan, understand this, God's watching and looking at your works and what you do. And, and to know if you've been deceived by Satan, you have to be open and, and understanding that God is looking and watching at what you do and be open to observation, be open to what he's looking at for in your life. But this, this shows us that when he says, I found your works, or I, or I did not find your works perfect, in other words, he could have found their works perfect, he was looking by examination. It says uh, another word for this word found in the Greek is scrutinize. 
He was looking with intent detail at parts of your life. He was looking with intention to find something within your life. And so point number three, God gives advice to you. God has advice to you. Read the first part of this verse in chapter two, chapter three, I mean, verse two, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. So Jesus gives advice to me and you on what to do to avoid this deception that Satan can pull us into. You got to understand this. The tool that the enemy is going to use in this time is something that he doesn't want you to know is a tool that he's using in the end times. That's why, again, I'm skipping ahead of my notes. One of the foulest or worst issues with deception is it's it, your, your mind and heart believes it's your idea. The enemy has been so cunning to make it, to place it in people's mind that this thing that I'm deceived about, whatever the thing is, you, you're not aware that you're deceived, but the thing that's deceiving you where the enemy gets one over on people is he makes them believe that that's their idea. They've come up with this. So if I'm feeling this way, why would it be wrong? Why would I be off in feeling this way? I, this is a true sensation, a, a thought, an idea that I've received, I've got in me. It has to be real. It has to be something that's real. So, but before we, before we talk about point number four, point number three, God's advice to you is to watch, which literally in the Greek means avoid. It's an active term. It's not just watching like, you know, I've been to national parks with my family growing up. And one of the most common things that you see at a national park, especially like um, like big mountain ranges and things like that, are those binocular stands that you put a little quarter in. I don't know how much they are now. I haven't seen one of those in years. But you put a quarter in, and they probably have Apple Pay on them now, you know, because they're probably like six dollars to look through the binoculars of it. But you put your you put a quarter in, and then you've got this big metal thing, and there's little eye holes, and you put your eyes through it, and it magnifies what you're looking at over off in the distance, like the Grand Canyon. I know, like the Teton Mountains, where I've visited as a as a young person growing up, different places like that where you can look over a vast region. They have these binoculars that you can look for. That's not the watching that he's talking about here. That's not the description of this. This word, when when Jesus said to John, be or or to John about the church of Sardis, he said, be watchful to avoid certain things. That literally means in the Greek to avoid by remission and indolence, meaning you're avoiding this particular thing, avoiding remission and indolence. And remission means rescinding an offer, and indolence means laziness. So he's literally telling the people, Jesus, through John to this church, he's saying to avoid deception, to avoid being taken away, there's two specific things I want you to be watchful for, or not even watchful or alert for. I want you to be actively pursuing to avoid is remit, remitting or exchange, returning what's been given to you, the gift of God. He said, this is, it, it literally means in the Greek that when he says to watch, it means avoid remission, meaning returning 
Like if you were to go to the store and return an item, returning the gift that was given to you by God and indolence, which means laziness, avoid these two things so that your works can be found right before can be can be found perfect before God. He said, these are the things to avoid he's giving you indication that these are the things that are going to happen. I can tell you the the enemy constantly throws darts. He'll constantly throw darts. And when, when you start to pick up the fact that any lie that comes in comes in as a form of your idea, point number four is one of the foulest issues to deception is it feels like it's your idea. It feels like you conjured this up and that's the problem with it. You always believe you. You always believe you. When you hear, feel, see, it, it becomes perception, which becomes reality to you. I I can't not believe that particular thing. That is truth. Look at it. It's happening in front of me. And you can literally, I have trained myself. This will help you. I have trained myself that when I think of an event a certain way in my mind, that something transpired this way, I have trained myself now to think that's inaccurate. That's not the way it unfolded. I will not believe that that is what it is until I actually see and hear it. And I'm not talking about believing in faith for God for something. I have the ability to believe things that are not seen. That's that's my faith that God's he's given me a measure of faith to be able to do that. I'm talking about real events. Let me give you an example. Someone, this happened to me recently. Something happened where I had to do something. Someone asked me to do something. And in my mind, I went, why didn't this person do this particular thing? And then my mind went down this rabbit hole. See, and that's the thing. You think it's your mind. The devil uses his enemies or uses his team to deceive you, put cast ideas into your brain. And he used this rabbit hole to get down that the person that told me to do that had this whole malicious plan against me. Really? You think you're that important that people sit around in their day? This is what, what I've trained myself to do. You're, I'm walking you through a progression of my thoughts. This person, they're plotting against me. They, this is what the enemy does. That's not my thought. That's not my idea. But that's the things the enemy, he'll use things that, because I, I grew up with a, an ability or, or an inability to have confidence within myself. I had to develop confidence. I wasn't born with it. I had to develop a confidence that given by God. And that was through security, through knowing who I am through Christ. Came with A lot of it came with maturity. But I had to develop that confidence. So and a thing that the enemy can use against me is putting ideas in my mind that people are against me, which they're not, but the enemy can use that. So it may be something different for you. It may be um, th- telling uh, your, yourself that you're not good enough. It may be uh, a, a lie and deception that you're not going to get out of the situation that you're in. It may be a situation where you're, you're, the, the, the enemy is lying to you saying your health isn't going to get better. Whatever, whatever that seduction is that the enemy tries to use for you, that's what he's going to put in your mind as, quote, your idea. And so the enemy put that in my mind. Well, they're plotting, you know, and he didn't, I didn't hear plotting against you, but I just had this thing like, oh, you know, they're thinking about the ways to do this and they want to get back at you for this. And I, I, I put the brakes on like this. I went, wait a second. I'm not that important that they would sit around in their day 
and try to figure out ways to deceive me. This is a thought of the enemy. That's not my thought. This person loves me. I know who I am in Christ. That's not the, and I had to debunk what I thought was my idea and seemed like reality because the enemy will use deception. Satan will get into the crevices of your life and make it seem like your idea is your idea. It's not your idea. You have the mind of Christ. You've been renewed. So how do I know if I've been seduced? How do I know if I've been deceived by Satan? You don't have to know if you've been deceived by Satan if you're matching the word of God. You just stay right in line with the word of God. You stay in the vein of Christ. You you stay in the vein of the word. You, if you find yourself losing the, the basis, the basics, the foundations of the things that God's told you to do, you've been deceived. You don't pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't study your Bible. You don't pray. Fellowship with God. Praise, worship, and fellowship with God. You don't do those things. You don't attend church regularly. These You've been deceived. Then it starts with an idea in your mind, and you start going down a path that you feel like is right. You feel No one's going to tell you otherwise because you know you believe this is the right way. This is the path that I should be taking. It's deception. It's deception. So number five, you have to become a constant. You have, to, you have to give of yourself. Let me just read you what I've got. A constant sacrifice of you and your fleshly appetites. You have to give a constant sacrifice. It's a battle. It is work daily to continually put yourself in a lower position to humble yourself before God, you have to put to death, dare I say murder, your fleshly appetites on a regular basis. It cannot be once in a while because that's when the enemy will take advantage of you. He'll get a an upper hand on you because you're allowing these appetites because remember, it's not it's not you. It's the enemy using weak points. It's not your own idea. It's the enemy using these weak points that he's getting in to to utilize against you. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. This is going to take work to avoid deception in these end times. Why would somebody remit what God has done for them freely and given them salvation of? Why would somebody return that? Only a person in high levels of deception, only a person who's been lied to and they believe and take the lie. Why did this church in Revelation 3, he said, he said, I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and re- repent. He said, remember, take heed, be aware that these things could pull you away because you will be easily ensnared by these things that the enemy tries to use against you. But this is not going to be an easy battle. It's not comfortable to put off things that you think are right. It is important to have something combat wrong ideas against you. I want to give you two, two more scriptures and we'll close. Point number six, most Christians will never face the persecution of martyrs. 
Let me say this. Most Christians, biggest, opponent will never be what some of the apostles and and old disciples from the bible and even current day missionaries and apostles have gone through most christians won't deal with those things they won't deal with having to be put and placed inside of a burning bronze cow and be sacrificed that way most christians Today in America, where you are, maybe I don't know what part of the world you're in if you're watching this at a different time or even live right now. If you, you know, deal with these things that the enemy's trying to deceive you with, most people aren't going to have to fight with the fight of being murdered. There are there are Christians that are murdered daily for their their belief in Jesus Christ. There are people that are still murdered. I'm not taking anything away from those people that are dealing with that. But for the sake of this broadcast, the biggest thing you'll have to deal with is you putting to death the appetites of your flesh. I'll, you hear people say, I'll go to the ends of the earth for God. I'll, I'll travel at any place. I'll do anything God asks me to do. Yet they won't put to death the appetites of their flesh. That's, a, that's, God, that's something God is looking at currently that the enemy is working his way in through things that you still have alive that you have to kill you have to put these things to death that he it's not going to be easy it's not going to be comfortable to do these things but you expect to go do these great feats for god but yet you won't do the basics of what takes your life to be consecrated to god that's a tough statement for yourself. I want to give you two scriptures out of uh, Colossians and one in uh, Romans. Colossians chapter 3 and Romans 8. Let's go to Romans first and then we'll go back to Colossians. Romans 8. Let me read this to you. Romans 8 and 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, so in other words, by the Spirit that has power the spirit of god that's empowering you if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live amazing how death brings life death to things that should be dead brings life to you when things that should be dead are killed it brings life to who you are kill off the things that the enemy can grab a hold in your life and deceive you with Put those things to death. And now go over real quick to Colossians chapter 3. The third chapter of Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Chapter 3. Start in verse 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth fornication, uncleanness, passion. We've talked about this in a previous podcast. Passionate about things that are not from God and they're of this world is going to lead you to being enticed and then pulled to sin. You don't have to be passionate 
don't tell, don't let anybody convince you. You've got to be passionate about having nice things. You got to be passionate about having a, a rich, abundant life. No, you don't. You've got to be covetous of the gifts of God. He'll take care of you. He'll. Get, it's when you start to covet and passion for things in this world is when you get off. Uh, he said, "Don't put to death these things: fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry." Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. The sons of disobedience. The ones that that are against God. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. He's not talking to the sons of disobedience. He's telling the church to avoid the things that were once alive in their life. Because they will try to ensnare and take you again. This won't be an easy easy thing to do. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes a conscious awareness of. It takes you being fully convinced, like he said in chapter three of Revelation, you being fully aware, fully paying attention. You're, if you, are you offended? Are you uh, swayed by your feelings? You've got to watch those things. In other words, you've got to pay attention and avoid laziness with those things. Don't let them ride. Do something about them. This is how you avoid being deceived by Satan because he'll use what you've allowed into your life and you feel like it's a good idea. This has been a great message today. I hope it blessed you. Share this with somebody. Hit the subscribe button and be sure to follow my YouTube page. And if you haven't yet, go to my website, dylanmaverick.com. Subscribe to my email and you'll get every note and every scripture that we went through today. Be blessed. Love you. Thank you for everybody that supports the show. And as always, be sure to come back the next broadcast live at 6 a.m. And follow me on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available. And uh, be sure to share this with somebody. And I love you. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.